I pray that this newest episode finds you well. This is episode 5 of 2021, excluding the special ones, of course. Now I have a question for you. What do God, time, the sources, and thresholds have in common? Listen on to find out more. So, what's the big deal about the solstice? What's the solstice? The dictionary says the solstice is the time or date twice each year at which the sun reaches its maximum or minimum declination, marked by the longest and shortest days. So it's around the 21st of June and 22nd of December. So this year, the summer solstice falls on 21st of June 2021, around 4 a.m. Um, what's the solstice? What's so special about a solstice? Uh, what does it mean? Well, it is uh, the point at which the sun is furthest from the equator, so highest in the sky, so to speak. Uh, it's the day on which um, there are, there's the largest number of daylight hours in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's celebrated in various ways. Many groups have a range of beliefs about the solstice. Uh, pagans have celebrations uh, at solstices, summer and winter solstices. So it seems to be important. It seems to be important, okay? If we look at the actual etymology of the word, it's broken down into two words, two Latin words, sol, which means the sun, and sistere, which means to stand still. Because at the solstice, the sun's declination appears to stand still. Okay? It appears to stand still before it goes back in the opposite direction. Yeah? There's a seasonal movement of the sun's daily path. It pauses at a northern or a southern limit before reversing direction. So that's the big deal, uh, geographically, astronomically, uh, about the solstice. So what's the relationship between God, the solstice, time, and thresholds? Well, God invented the sun, God invented solstices, so there would be no uh, solstice without God, that's for sure. Okay, And uh, the relationship to time, uh, I'm going to get to it. I will share an extraordinary, extraordinary um, um, text, article, shall, shall I say, publication that was uh, on, on Facebook, posted on Facebook by Anne Hamilton. I've mentioned her before in some of our podca podcasts about time. Okay. And I'll also look at a passage of the Bible, uh, Joshua 10, more specifically, um, that links the sun standing still and a victory and a threshold moment. So there is a link between those four things. Uh, let's start by reading the Bible. You know, those who have followed this podcast for a while know that I always love, like to start with the Bible. And let me pray briefly. Lord, thank you for the mysteries that you've hidden in nature for us to discover. Thank you for the mysteries that are hidden in you and about you that you want us to pursue and discover. You, enc you encourage us in your word through many of your servants and prophets to search you, to ask questions, to pursue you, to seek after you. So, because you want to reveal things to us. It is your glory to conceal a matter. 
but it is our glory to pursue the meaning of, of those matters, not out of pride or anything like that, but because we want to know you intimately as we are known. And thank you also, Lord, for the stories that you've passed down to us through your servants that are recorded in your word, that we can meditate on them, that we can learn from them, that we can draw wisdom and knowledge and strength and joy and peace from those stories and have guidance for the way we need to lead our lives so that we will lead lives that honor you, so that we will lead lives that are worthy of your calling. Thank you for the mysteries hidden in your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us. Thank you for blessing us, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, for giving us access to Father. Thank you that the veil is now torn. Thank you that you've given us the mind of Christ, Lord. We praise you and thank you. Let this episode be a blessing to all who listen to it. In the name of Jesus, amen. So as I was saying, I like to start by reading the Bible. So... I'm going to read Joshua uh, chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. I will read, I won't read the whole chapter. I will stop um, at, verse, at the end of uh, verse 15. Verse 15. Joshua 10 verse 15. I'm reading in the New King James Version. So in that version there are little titles. Um, so the title here is The Sun Stands Still. Now, it came to pass when Adonai Tzedek, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai and all its men were mighty. Therefore, Adonai Tzedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, gathered together and went up, they and all their armies, and camped before Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So the Lord rooted them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makeda. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, Stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him 
to the camp at Gilgal. What a story. What a story. What a story. Joshua obviously knew that God was with him. He obviously knew that God was, was with him. A couple, uh, uh, five, five chapters earlier, Joshua uh, is uh, getting ready to enter Jericho. Just after he's recircumcised the people of Israel, actually circumcised them for the first time because that was the generation that had never been circumcised. All the people who had been circumcised uh, previously died in the wilderness. So this was the new generation that was born in the wilderness that did not know Egypt, that did not know slavery. And when they arrived across the Jordan, the Lord asked Joshua to circumcise them, which he did. And God called that place Gilgal. You can read that in Joshua chapter 5. So just when uh, they, they, they had camped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover, they started eating the, the produce of the land, and there was no manna anymore. Verse 13 says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Why am I reading this passage of Joshua 5? Because Joshua is accustomed to thresholds. They had just come out of the wilderness. They were just about to enter the, this promised land. They were just about to conquer Jericho. It was a threshold moment. Joshua knew it was a threshold moment. He knew that. How do I know that he knew that? Because his question to this uh, heavenly, heavenly being is, are you for us or for our adversaries? Now, Joshua knew God was with him. Why would he ask that? Because he knew that when it's a threshold moment, there, the, uh, an angel is present, for starters. And secondly, it is not about God being for us or against us in that in that particular moment at threshold moments that's the time when specific beings are um, mandated to test us they are there to uphold righteousness though if we come and attempt to enter our calling or enter a territory that god has um, uh, given to us promised us or enter um, you know a, a new thing that god is doing in our lives those key moments there are threshold guardians who have a right to test us, to examine us, to see if we're walking in righteousness. How can we walk in righteousness if our trust is in the Lord? If we have repented of and let go of all our false refuges and false and covenants, illegal covenants with any other entity except God who is not an entity. You know what I mean. When we, we have determined to fix our eyes on God, to trust only in him, and, and gotten rid of doubt and fear and everything else that stands in our way. That's when those threshold guardians let us uh, uh, through into our promised land, into the next thing. That was the purpose of the test that Jesus had to um, overcome after 40 days of fasting. That passage said Satan came to tempt him, the enemy. It is my understanding, uh, and I gather that from um, the patterns in the Bible, when there are thresholds and also from um, what other um, really not, uh, brothers, well, sister mainly, but also brothers who are really knowledgeable about the, the word uh, say, identify, that was a threshold moment. Okay, for example, Anne Hamilton is a resource that I will uh, recommend highly. So uh, 
I, I, I went forward to Jesus, but Joshua knew threshold moments as well. That's why he asked, are you for us or for our adversaries? Because Joshua knows that if they approach a threshold with unrighteousness, they will not be let through. In which case then the, the, this heavenly being, the commander of the army of the Lord, the angel, I think Joshua thought it was an angel, would be, would be against Israel, not for them in that moment. I hope this makes sense. It's a bit long-winded. So let's go back to Joshua 10. Joshua knows threshold moments. He knows. He knows. He's familiar with these things. He knows that um, this, this battle of five kings is not, is not, is not anodyne. It's something really important. It's, this is a key moment. This is a key moment. And he obviously knows that God is for him in this situation. He knows that God is for him in this situation. He knows that he's walking in what God wants him to walk in. So he, he ascended from Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him, says verse 7. And the Lord spoke to him saying, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. And God wanted to show um, that he was fighting for Israel. Because the word says in verse 11, there were more who died from the hailstones that got through than the children of Israel killed with the sword. God showed clearly that he was for them. Okay? This was God's victory, very much so. And when Joshua spoke to the, spoke to the Lord, it says, when Joshua said, sun stands still over Gibeon, the sun stood still in the midst of heaven. Basically, God listened to what Joshua had said and acted accordingly, for he fought for Israel. Now, so here we're talking about a threshold moment. We're talking about a victory, a supernatural intervention of God, okay? And we have time here because time stops. The sun stands still, which is the, literally uh, the meaning of solstice, uh, if you look at the etymology, just on a purely literal uh, uh, basis. The sun stands still in obedience to, to Joshua, but not just... It doesn't just pause for, for, for a bit of time. It stands still in the midst of heaven and does not go down for about a whole day, which is unheard of. Has never been heard of before, has never been heard of afterwards. There is something there with time stopping until the Lord has given the people of Israel full victory. So there's obviously here a link between time, thresholds, and the solstice, the sun standing still. Now let's set that aside for a moment. I mentioned that I was going to read a publication by Anne Hamilton. Uh, she published it on Facebook about the solstice, about time. And it is so timely. It's so timely. It moved me greatly and I was so grateful to it. Now this, is, has, to, this has to do with thresholds and time and, 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 and difficulties. Have you ever heard of the expression, this too shall pass? You would think that this is... Uh, it's, it's, it's an encouraging expression, right? It's, it's uh, something you would say to someone to encourage them, to reassure them that the situation they're going through will not stay that way forever, that better times are coming um, afterwards. But is it really? Is it really? Let's, 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 uh, let's, let me read what Anne, Anne Hamilton wrote and examine it uh, for yourselves and, and make, your, make up your own mind. Right, I'll read it. As she wrote it. Warning, long post. 
tissues may be handy, triggers possible. If you have been following these posts for any length of time, you'll know there are repeated themes, thresholds, fallen spirits who watch over thresholds, what to do to overcome them. As a general rule, all the tools for prevailing over them are simple. Repentance, forgiveness, renunciation of false refuges, revoking covenants. These could all be classed under one category, giving up our complicity with the enemies of God. It's complicity that's our biggest problem. We have agreements and alliances in the spirit world we know nothing about. Sometimes we even have a promissory pact with the very spirit we think we're opposing. Imagine, for example, being abused and yet having a covenant with the spirit of abuse. How self-defeating is that? How can anyone break truly free of abusing relationships when hidden deep in the heart is an agreement with the spirit of abuse? I've been talking this last week, Anne says, with an expert in abusive relationships. He mentioned there are two statements every single person he's ever ministered to has said. The first one is, why wasn't God there when I needed him? The second one, I have survived, I got through it, these things always end. Now, the second thought becomes a life statement. Sooner or later, this will end. This too will pass. Behind it is the sneaking hope, I'm one day sooner to this trauma all being over. Sometimes later in life, when abuse returns and begins to repeat itself and goes on and on, people begin to have quiet misgivings about their life statement. This will end morphs into, will this ever end? And perhaps even, this will never end. This will end is a false refuge. Will this ever end is a doubt. This will never end is a lie. These statements don't always have to be the result of extreme abuse. Even prolonged low-level abuse can predispose us towards forming them. Disappointment on the threshold or extended suffering can plant them deep in our hearts. All three statements, the false refuge, the doubt and the lie, are matters for repentance. Because all of them come down to complicity with time. We cling to a hope in the passing of time, not in the presence of God. After all, how could God possibly be present? We've already assumed with that initial question, why wasn't God there when I needed him? That God had abandoned us. Now the thing about complicity with time is this. The older stories call him Father Time. Kronos with a K or Kronos with a C-H-R-O. From which we get words like chronicles and chronology. He is the ultimate abuser and child destroyer. Complicity with time is an alliance with the very spirit that inspires abuse in the first place. So what on earth are we who are so embedded in time, it is impossible not to look forward to the moment when the abuse will end, to do about this false refuge? This will end? Sure, we can speak words of repentance and ask Jesus to empower them. But what is our new hope to be? Difficult as this is going to be for so many of us, it's to be Emmanuel, God with us. Instead of putting our hope in time or perhaps even in his guardians so we can be kept safe from Kronos, we have to ask Jesus to bring the eternal now of his presence to dwell with us. We are to ask him to annul our covenant with time, to redeem the time we've wasted and to take us into that covenantal space that is raised in time but is beyond time. There's an image in scripture of that covenantal space where time holds no sway. And here Anne makes reference to what we've just read. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Joshua 
chapter 10, verses 12 to 13, NIV. Time, measured by the movement of the sun and the moon, was disrupted. There's a word for the sun standing still. It's solstice. And this year, depending on what part of the world you're in, it's on 20th or 21st of June. Know what? It's a threshold day. Because it's the official beginning of a new season. In every way, the perfect symbolic day to say aloud to Abba God, I'm sorry I put my trust in the passing of time instead of you. Forgive me for my complicity with the child destroyer. I thought I was fighting the spirit of abuse, but I've just realized I have an alliance with it. I repent of my false refuge, of putting my faith in the thought the suffering would end, and my agreement to the lie it might never end. I ask Jesus of Nazareth to empower the words I have just spoken. I ask Emmanuel to grant me the eternal now of his presence, and I ask him to help me call on him so my hope is in him, not in the power of time itself to ease my wounds. I ask the Holy Spirit to cut off from me any covenant with time, its agents or its guardians, and to keep me and hide me in the timeless covenant of the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach, Emmanuel. Amen. Now, how deep is that? So I hope and pray that you've seen the, the relationship between time and this particular threshold, the threshold moment that is related in Joshua 10 and the solstice with the sun standing still. But more importantly, that you have identified moments when you may have come into agreement with lies. There is this expression that people, people really love saying that, that uh, time heals all wounds. Time does not heal. Time is not roughy, which means physician or healer. And time is not rafa, which means comfort and healer. God is. So when we say time, time will, will heal the wounds, we are denying God, one of his attributes, which is that he is the healer. It's part of his very nature. And time is created by him. It's almost like we are erecting a, a, a time, which is a being, created by God, an entity created by God, above God. That's idolatry, if you ask me. And I'm not saying that in a, in a legalistic way or, or, or you know, to, to label people. But we have to recognize that when we give the glory to something other than God, that then we have become complicit with the lies of the enemy. I believe this message is so timely, so, so timely. We're just on the threshold of a solstice. In the UK where I'm based, the solstice is at 4.30 a.m. on the 21st of June. So it's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. I really related with this, uh, this uh, post from Anne Hamilton. I was so grateful when I read it. In my life, uh, not only for me, but some of my loved ones, we are just about to cross a threshold into new things that God is doing. And it was so good for me that she posted it today. It's all led by Holy Spirit. So I really praise the Lord that Anne did that. I praise the Lord for her obedience. I praise the Lord for her diligence in sharing truth over and over and over again. If any of this has resonated with you, I encourage you to confess and repent. The word is very clear that God is really, really keen on forgiving us. He's faithful and just to forgive us all sins when we confess our sins. And if you find that the prayer that Anne shared is helpful, pray along those lines. Oh, pray what comes, uh, what rises to your heart. Blessings. 
please let me know your comments. I'll finish with a short prayer. Thank you, Lord, for leading us into the whole truth by your Spirit. Thank you for sisters like Anne Hamilton who share liberally and generously the revelations that you give her for the edification of the body of Christ. Thank you for your patience with us and your diligence and the persistence with which you pursue us and teach us and train us up. Oh, I pray that we will have soft hearts, Lord, that are prompt to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. This was episode 5 of 2021. Take care, blessings. Till next time. Bye.